You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are broadcasting this week from the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island during the Detroit Regional Chamber's Mackinac Policy Conference. It's been a little over a year since Nikolai Vitti took the job as the first superintendent of a brand new school district in Detroit. The Detroit Public Schools Community District is the result of a reorganization of the Detroit Public Schools system. So, how has the first year gone for Vitti and, more importantly, for the kids in Detroit's public schools? Joining me now to talk about that is Nikolai Vitti, the superintendent of Detroit Public Schools community district welcome to detroit today thank you good morning yeah so it uh it is it is hard to believe it has been a year <laughs> since you got here uh, i would imagine it's gone faster for you maybe than, than for the rest of us but but give us a, a thumbnail of uh some successes and some things that you think are still challenges well th- i think the work will be challenging always if, if you're true to the actual work. Yeah. Um, but I think this year we accomplished what we wanted to as far as analyzing the school district and defining the, the inadequacies with systems and processes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and as we move into year two, it's about implementing the reforms and initiatives to overcome those inadequate systems and processes. So. I'm, I'm actually more excited about year two than I was in entering. Because entering, I braced myself for seeing um, systems that did not meet the needs of children. Yeah. Um, and I'm not suggesting that in year two we're suddenly going to wave a wand and everything's going to be perfect. But what I, what I am saying is that we're going to start to see real initiatives. For example... Um, new curriculum mm-hmm. that's aligned to the standards, mm-hmm. uh, the impact of training teachers on the new standards, uh, s- data systems that allow us to know what children are below grade level and what specifically, why are they beli- behind um, skill-wise, and then offering the tools to teachers to teach students in smaller groups. We're putting music and art in all schools again next yeah. year. Yeah, that's a um, big deal. Yeah, guidance counselors at every school, attendance agents, um, new programs linked to STEM. So next year, I envision walking into schools and seeing good teaching and learning happen with more consistency sure. because we're providing more tools and resources than we've provided in the past. Yeah, uh, We did get news in April uh, about the performance of uh, our kids on the NAEP exam. Right. Worst in the nation among among uh, urban urban districts. is, is and, and there's nothing surprising there. We've seen that before. But I guess my question to you is how important are measures like that and if there are other things we should be looking at, what are they? Yeah, I, I, you know, people have asked me, will you continue to participate in NAEP testing? That's a national yeah. test that you refer to. Uh, and I said yes, because I think we need, because in Michigan, we don't have another district to compare ourselves to because of our, our, our demographics. Sure. Um, so we'll always be looking at apples to oranges to a certain extent. The NAEP allows us to compare us to a similar large urban school districts throughout the country. So our kids will test again in the fall. I don't anticipate a huge improvement because our it's still our students are showing a lack of uh, systems or processes related to what their needs are. Yeah. In 2021, when this year's kindergartners are in fourth grade, 
I think we could legitimately see and we should see improvement based on mm -hmm. four years, three years of better systems and processes linked to teaching and learning and support uh, tools and resources. Other indicators that we need to look at at the end of next year, I think we should see improvement in M-STEP testing, which is state uh, assessments yeah. at the end of next year. I think we should see increases in enrollment, in attendance. Um, I think we're doing a lot of surveying of parents to see how they're seeing the education of their children, of teachers. Um, I think those are all indicators that we should look at, and those are all indicators we've embedded in our strategic plan and metrics and linked to my evaluation. And the analogy that I've been using actually today in, with the NBA Finals in mind is <laughs> yes. when, you, when, you, when you're down 30 points, you often hear the coach say, you're not going to get 30 points back right. in a minute. Right. you got to chip away at that deficit. And, and the mentality I'm trying to take as superintendent is to say, we're not going to overcome over a decade of bad reform, mm -hmm. bad systems, in a year. Every year we have to chip away at bad systems creating new ones, and slowly but surely, incrementally, we're going to see improvement. I think in five years, we're going to talk about a stable system, a normal system. Five years after that, a large urban school district that's competitive with other large urban school districts in the country. So, so pretty key to what you're describing there are two things. One is consistency, and we have been terrible about right. that in, in Detroit. Uh, the other is patience, right? Uh, and that patience is asked of the kids and the parents. That's pretty, that's pretty tough. It is, and it's hard for me. Uh, if, if you would have heard me speak about reform two years ago, I, no one would, say, would, would use the term patient mm -hmm. with my type of leadership yeah. style. And I'm not suggesting lower expectations. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for people to be realistic. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if we inject politics into the conversation and say it needs to happen now, because it's easy to say now, mm -hmm. because we're talking about children. And children deserve the best in a, in a high-performing school district yesterday. Right. But we also have to realize what we're trying to overcome. And if you inject politics and easily create this momentum to say it needs to happen now, then we can have another turnover of leadership. We can, and all we're going to do is replicate what we've done in the past, yeah. and that's not going to solve the, the problem. And it's not about me. You know, I, it's, this job is, is a calling, it's a mission, but I, it's not a job for me. Right. And, and so it's not about a salary or a title. I can find a job. It's about the mission of doing the right kind of work in the city that, that I love. And, and so far I've been able to do that. But people have to stick with the reform because it's not going to happen overnight. But be intentional, and be and I am going to be accountable about showing the improvement year after year. I'm not asking for a uh, uh, no accountability um, or a blank uh, a blanket uh, of of in of of undefined expectations. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for that. Uh -huh. Every year, ask me what have we done. And what are we going to do? And I'm, I'm ready to be held accountable to that. But you can't expect a turnaround in a year considering that it's taken over a decade to, to deteriorate a system. How we got here, yeah. right? right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Nikolai Vidi, the superintendent of the Detroit Public Schools Community District. We are talking in the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island during the Detroit Regional Chambers Mackinac 
Policy Conference. Uh, the mayor of Detroit, Mike Duggan, during his State of the City speech, uh, started to talk about transportation, uh, which I think is a huge, huge issue here in Detroit, and one of the one of the things that leads to the inequities that that we have. He rolled out what seemed to be a pretty ambitious plan to, to pilot uh, a transportation system in one sector of the city that would take kids uh, to after-school programs. I think he was talking about getting kids from home to school as well. I, I just want you to catch us up on where we are with that. Is that still something we're going to see unfold in the city? So um, we have reached an agreement uh, between the district and the city. School board approved last week. Well, we are looking at a, a specific section of the city uh, with about um, eight of our schools and mm -hmm. charter schools for mm -hmm. a bus loop. Mm -hmm. It'll be for us uh, a one-year pilot to see if we can uh, retain students and bring students back in that particular neighborhood to traditional public schools. If it works, then we'll... Uh, extend the agreement beyond the one year in that neighborhood and possibly look to expand to others. Mm -hmm. We provide uh, rather um, solid transportation. Um, it could be better citywide to access certain schools, mm -hmm. but within neighborhoods we do a decent job of it. Um, it's, it's really about offering the after-school opportunity at the rec center which is going to be different in having a loop with multiple schools which which we'll see if there's a dividend there but I, I think it's important that the city and the district work in unison um, to tackle the challenges of education um, but at the same time and the mayor has been I think consistent about this is his work is the city our work is the district mm -hmm. and being respectful of those governance lines and he's done that, and I think he's going to continue to do that, while also sharing resources and ideas to attack an issue of education that goes beyond just a school district because it's an issue that the entire city faces. And, and what, what part of the city is this that the, the experiment is going to unfold? So it's, it'll be um, uh, Flix, uh, it'll be Pasteur, um, Bagley, mm -hmm. um, so schools. So, so sort of northwest. But, but, correct, yeah. 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 Uh, how important is that transportation issue to this idea of not just quality education, but you know, equal yeah. uh, opportunity? And and talk about the the relationship between publics and charters, which is also a pretty controversial uh, dynamic here. Yeah, we we're not um, one thing that we made clear as we went through this progression of um, negotiation on this agreement is that we were not going to subsidize charter schools. Right. So uh, the original proposals would have been a flat fee, which would have subsidized, um, possibly subsidized charter schools if we had fewer students opting into the bus loop in traditional public schools versus charter. Mm -hmm. But because we're paying per rider, then we're paying a direct fee only for our students, mm -hmm. which made me comfortable and obviously the board. We don't want to get to a point where we're subsidizing charter schools through uh, traditional public school dollars. Um, I think transportation is an issue, but not the singular issue. I think the main issue as to why parents in Detroit are not sending their children to Detroit schools is uh, a, a, an issue of quality mm -hmm. and or the perception of quality. Sure. Um, and I say perception because there is quality, but it's also the perception of quality, right. meaning 
don't make assumptions about what our schools are offering. Actually visit them, walk classrooms, right. you know, see for yourself before making um, an assumption. I, I so, mean, I've always thought it's a, an issue of uneven quality, right? That's, that's uh, fair. You have, yeah. you have some uh, yep. schools and programs that are Correct. absolutely outstanding. Right. It's that they're not available to everybody uh, in every neighborhood. No, you're right. Um, I think the transportation issue, for example, for us, Detroit School of the Arts mm-hmm. uh, is, a, is a model school when you look at infrastructure mm-hmm. and programming, mm-hmm. but it's, it's half full. And I think one challenge is marketing, but the other issue is transportation. How do you get there? Right. right. So that, that's, an, that's an example of we're looking at possibly citywide transportation so that whether you're on the east side, the west side, you can you can get on a bus loop mm-hmm. to get to DSA. Mm-hmm. And then coupled with that is building a feeder pattern of elementary schools that feed into DSA over time. That's where I think our challenges lie to transportation. But the, the traditional public school system offers a fairly robust link of of routes to get to students to and from school the issue is access to particular schools yeah. that could be leveraged i think more competitively mm-hmm. uh, this is detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm stephen henderson my guest is nikolai vidi the superintendent of detroit public schools community district we're talking in the dining room of the grand hotel on mackinac island during the detroit regional chambers mackinac policy conference um, uh, I, I, I want to ask about uh, workforce uh, training. You, you, you guys have some really outstanding schools that I think a lot of people don't know about uh, that are preparing kids for futures that are n- not necessarily, you know, four-year, four-year college or even community college, but getting them skills to be able to go out and get not just jobs, but really good, high-paying jobs. That's right. Uh, I think Randolph is a good example of that. Uh, The programs at Randolph are not only unique for the Detroit metro area, but I even nationally, Mm -hmm. you know, being having been in other large urban school districts uh, throughout the country, Randolph would rival any type of career technical center as far as the resources there, um, but also the partnerships that are coming through. Uh, the Randolph Initiative with um, with uh, industry um, uh, and the city, and it's really about replicating that now. Mm-hmm. So the next school that we've targeted is Bright Halt, where we're going to see more investment in linkages to the auto industry, mm-hmm. and then there's many opportunities from there. I think there's opportunities to go into aerospace mm-hmm. and try to br- uh, bring back the Davis Aerospace Program. I think we can move into um, air, other areas of advanced manufacturing, technology in particular, I think is the next step. Um, so it's all about trying to replicate what we have at Randolph. I think people are, have energy around it. There's investment into it. But now I'm trying to move the business community from not just wanting to invest more in Randolph where they see it's working. Mm-hmm. It's now going other places. The same challenge and phenomenon that we have, for example, at Renaissance and CAS. When people come forward and say, I want to do something for the school district, they immediately gravitate toward Renaissance and CAS. Sure. And I say, our challenge is trying to replicate that. Let's, let's build that in other schools, not just funnel resources, human capital, and where it's working, but trying to expand that and replicate it in other areas. How easy is that to do? It's, right now it's difficult yeah. because there's apprehension with investing in 
in schools in Detroit. Mm -hmm. So if, if people are going to put their toe in the water, if you will, they usually do it where they think that their investment is going to see results. Right. And that's right now at a, at a CAS, a Renaissance, and now at Randolph. But again, it's, it, it's, that's, that's another example of why it's going to take time. And we showed at Randolph that we can respond to that investment. Mm -hmm. You know, there mm -hmm. were people that were even skeptical about the district responding fast enough on the on the Randolph investment, and we made it happen in a short amount of time, and we're delivering. So now it's about trying to to scale that and replicate that that level of trust that's slowly beginning to develop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you a, a sort of broader question about the the challenges that our kids face in Detroit and whether whether we ask too much of schools to to try to deal with all of this. I mean, do you feel like in some ways your work is limited by the reach of poverty and eviction and violence and all these other things that, that kids bring through the doors with them? I still believe that public education is the main vehicle for social change mm -hmm. and social justice mm -hmm. and equal opportunity. But there's no doubt that there are other factors that get in the way of allowing that vehicle to run at a high level of performance. Yeah. Um, so I think the conversation statewide has to evolve and expand to say that public education is one of those bigger pieces of the puzzle, yeah. but there are other pieces, housing, um, um, access to nutritious, consistent food, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, access to higher paying jobs or consistent jobs, health care. Those all have to be pieces of the puzzle to offer um, true equal opportunity. Right. Because we know that if those other factors aren't dealt with, then even the school can't singularly overcome the obstacles of poverty. But I will say that education is the largest puzzle piece, um, but not the only piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but it's, I try not, I try to talk about that when the opportunity arises, but when we're doing our day-to-day -day work, I focus on what we can handle, what we can focus on. And I do believe when children come to us every day, our, our parents are giving us the best that they have. Mm -hmm. So it's our job to take our children to another place as far as academic and civic um, background knowledge and, and, and skill set and knowledge is, is linked to. And I think that's what we own. And we have to do a better job of that and, and, and own what we own, but recognize that we can do so much more and better if we have a holistic approach to our work. Yeah. Okay, Nikolai Vini, Superintendent of the Detroit Public Schools Community District. Thanks very much for being here. Oh, it was good talking today. to you. Yeah, Thank great you. Great to see you. Up next, we're going to catch up with Mayor Mike Duggan about his vision for the future of the city as he begins his second term. Stay with us on Detroit Today.